The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Before we talk about our guest today, I want to tell you about a free event coming up next week right here in Kansas City. It's called Carnival KCK. It's going to be hosted by the Kansas City, Kansas Chamber of Commerce and several sponsors. Thinking Bigger Business Media will be out there. It's going to be from 3 to 7 p.m. on September the 24th. That's a Thursday, next Thursday, 3 to 7 p.m. at Memorial Hall in Kansas City, Kansas. This is a business event like you've never seen before. You're going to be entertained and you're going to get to explore the renaissance that's going on in Kansas City, Kansas. On top of that, though, you're going to see food trucks, beer and wine, snow cones. They have stressed adult snow cones, business exhibits, carnival and arcade games, live music, aerial performances, and a whole lot more as well. Best part about this, it's 100% free, but they are asking you to go out and register. You can do that at rsvp at kckchamber.com. They have a whole lineup of bands from 3 to 7. You can go out to the website, KCK Chamber, and and get the whole lineup. You can see who all the sponsors are and just lots of great things that are going to be going on. So, again, next Thursday, September the 24th, 3 to 7 p.m. at Memorial Hall in Kansas City, Kansas, the Carnival KCK. We'll see you there. Our guest today is Christian Arnold. He's the co-founder of Clockwork Architecture and Design. He has a diverse background that includes industrial design, fabrication, construction, and real estate development. And this diversity helps him to see solutions where others only see problems. Before founding Clockwork, Christian was a design director in the Boston office for the largest architectural firm in the country. He's managed the design and construction of more than three point. billion in commercial real estate. He's also involved in a number of local and national not-for-profits, which we're also going to talk about. Welcome to the show today, Christian. Thank you, Kelly. Glad to be here. Absolutely. So you came here from Boston. Is that where you're originally from? No, I grew up in a small town called Kingman, which is out uh, about an hour west of Wichita. Okay, so you're a Kansas guy. Yeah. All right. And what took you to Boston? Uh, This job, or were you in school I did an internship out there. Uh, I went to architecture school at Mm K-State and did an internship in Boston, fell in love with the city. Uh, When my wife and I were looking at cities to um, move to, she was interested in pursuing uh, theatrical design. So we looked at uh, Vancouver and Seattle and Boston. And since I had done my internship in Boston, it seemed easy. I knew Mm -hmm. some people there. Um, so we moved there. Yeah, had a little bit of a foundation there already. Did you ever dream of being an entrepreneur, of owning your own business, uh, or did it just happen somehow? And, and how, how did you become an entrepreneur? Uh, it's a little bit of both. I, you know, thinking back to my childhood, I was always trying to figure out how to make money and um, create products. I remember one of the first things that I did um, in grade school was. 
I took um, pens apart and wood burned <laughs> people's names on a dowel rod and then put the pen back together and then sold it to them for, you know, like oh, a dollar or something. I think I might have sold two. <laughs> so that was my first entrepreneurial failure. Unappreciative audience. Wow. Um, but architecture is kind of a weird thing because it takes so long to build up a practice. Um, most of the time, architects, uh, by the time they're doing really interesting projects, they're ready to retire mm. um, because it's just a slow process. It may take five or ten years to build a building or a large project or a large master plan project. So I never really thought that I wanted to start my own firm. Mm-hmm. I thought I would just you know, um, kind of stand on somebody else's shoulders, uh, maybe run a division or a studio or something like that. I've always enjoyed leadership. Um, I come from a big family. I'm the third oldest. I have five brothers and two sisters. So, oh, wow. you know, I've, you know, just by default, I've kind of been in that leadership role. But, uh, but yeah, I think when I moved back from Boston, uh, Neil and I just we were working together at a local firm, and we just didn't like how it was structured. Uh, just didn't like um, the service that was being provided. So we looked around. There wasn't anyone really doing what we thought we could do. So that's why we kind of took the plunge. Okay. And so Neil is your partner in this? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Neil Somers. Neil Somers. Mm-hmm. And you met him at in the Boston firm? No, we oh. actually met in Kansas City. Oh, so yeah. okay. um, I did an internship. I was always doing internships. I actually started uh, before I even got into architecture school. I thought, hey, before I make this investment, maybe I should see if it's something that I want to do. So I went to a firm in Wichita mm-hmm. and pitched my services um, just to see what it was like and kind of, you know, I, I'd never really experienced it. So um, I worked there for a couple of months and really liked it. And so then I did that again in Kansas City for another firm, and that's where I met Neil. Okay. Um, so that was all still while I was in school. Okay. And why did you come back to Kansas City, though, uh, this area? You were in Boston, and you decide you can do this better, but why did you come back to Kansas City? Family. Okay. Yeah, my wife's family is in uh, northeast Kansas, and my family is all down uh, near Wichita. So when you have that many nieces Mm -hmm. and nephews and (laughs) brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles, um, we knew that before we started a family that we wanted um, our children to know their cousins. Mm -hmm. So that's why we moved back. Yeah, plus you need all the support you can get when you're trying to start a business. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. built in there. Uh, the name Clockwork, Where did, is there any significance behind that? Where did you come up with that? Um, yes, there is. Uh, we, we, again, to just try to differentiate in the market, we were going to deliver a different service. Um, we were going to um, really listen to our customers. Uh, most of the firms that we'd worked with in, in the past had a really t- hard time hitting budgets and schedules. Um, it's hard for creatives to just kind of put the pencils down and mm-hmm. stop being creative. And so if we wanted to come up with something that was, you know, a little bit more of a consulting business kind of focus, uh, we wanted the name to reflect that. And we also wanted it to be about our team. Um, we had, from the beginning, we knew it wasn't going to be about us. We're not big ego guys. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted it to be um, something that everybody could feel like they had ownership in. So. Um, just the precision of clockwork on mm-hmm. time, on budget, and uh, you know, great design. Yeah, and very, very turnkey in terms of the team. You can provide the entire solution there. You have mentioned a couple of times uh, the differentiation. What it, What is your point of differentiation at Clockwork? It's hard to explain to our clients, and we're still working <laughs> on it. To be you know brutally honest, 
Um, we like to think that we offer a higher level service, but if you look at anybody's website, they say that. Um, we like to think that we offer higher design, um, but everybody's website says that too. So I think it's really the strategy, um, both of our backgrounds being so diverse and thinking about kind of what the levers are that we can pull to make our clients successful in their business, whether it's a large multi-location corporate headquarters or it's a small mom-and-pop restaurant. There are always going to be things that we can do as it relates to real estate, branding, design. And if we can figure out how to um, position them for success, then hopefully they'll be a future client. And mm -hmm. and I think it's also just being aware of what's happening in the world around us, things, um, integrating things that most designers maybe aren't thinking about, like you know, conserving energy. Um, sure. More technical, more engineering. We have clients that say, you guys, sometimes you, you say you're architects, but you think more like engineers, which... I think is a compliment, I'm not sure. Um, but I think it's just that entrepreneurial attitude about how to make the uh, each project really special and interesting. I think, too, that uh, expectations are a lot higher these days, that people are more savvy and more aware of what can be incorporated into their space and their environment. And so you probably go into some of these meetings. Um, it, obviously, you have things to show them that they weren't aware of, but they probably also have some lists that they bring. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> in the past, probably yeah, wasn't. Yeah, I mean, with, uh, with Pinterest and House yeah. and, I mean, <laughs> You know the the World Wide Web. Uh, it's in, it's insane the amount of information that we have access to, and our clients are extremely intelligent and very educated. Many of them are coming to the table with even you know initial space concepts. So mm -hmm. to just do good design isn't going to cut it anymore. Right. Another thing I read uh, somewhere about Clockwork is that you make a very concerted effort to again not just come in and wow with design, but to really make that design in the space that they work in an extension of their brand. Yes. Talk yeah. about that. It's, um, it's interesting because we always want to, when you walk into a space, you should kind of subconsciously feel like that space could only be for that company. Mm -hmm. And it's not an easy thing to do, and some projects are more successful than others, but um, it really gets back to that strategy side and figuring out what we can do to position that company for greatness. And sometimes it's as subtle as, um, you know, a material that we use or uh, the furniture that we use. It, it shouldn't be just like sticking big logos all over the place. Right. It's got to be much more sophisticated than that. Um, and uh, it's, yeah, I think it, it is one of the big differentiators. We spend most of our time on the inside of buildings. Most architects only think about the outside of the mm -hmm. buildings. Um, I was reading an article recently, and it said that 70% of the U.S. workforce would rather not be in their office. Really? Which is insane, 70%. <laughs> and so it, they translated so that. Like I don't know. Prison, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I've been in some of these spaces that we go into, and, and it's a little shocking in this day and age to you know, back to the you know the design comment where you have access to all this imagery and amazing spaces, um, and you'd think that that would you know permeate into more businesses in terms of you know recruiting tools and creating a good place to work, but that that seventy percent um, number translates to like I think they said one point six trillion dollars lost because of lack of productivity. Wow. Because people Amazing. just don't want to be there. They're, they're not engaged. And then there's another 20% of that that they said 
would be better off if those people stayed home and didn't go, even go into the office because it creates that toxic environment. So our idea is if we can you know, move that needle a tiny bit, it has a massive impact on what that company can accomplish. So, you know, access to daylight, you know, low VOC materials, um, collaborative spaces, which doesn't just mean big open office, mm-hmm. you know, call center space. Um, and a lot, there's a lot of companies that are really starting to get it and it's exciting. And they kind of come find us. Um, you know, this is a small community and uh, it's very um, networked together. So a lot of people just start talking, and that's how we get our business. Wow. So all of those elements of design, you know how to take them, combine them, and uh, really create a space that uh, speaks to the company so that their employees feel comfortable and want to be there, and that when their prospects and customers and guests come in, that they feel at home and feel like this is the company. Exactly. It's not just some cookie-cutter business. We're going to take a break. When we get back, we're going to be talking about some of Clockworks' clients and some more about their philosophies of doing business. Before we go, though, I want to make sure that you remember to go out to RSVP at kckchamber.com and get signed up for the KCK Carnival that's coming up next Thursday, September the 24th. We'll be right back. Thinking Bigger Business Media is accepting nominations for the 15th Annual 25 Under 25 Awards. These prestigious awards recognize 25 outstanding businesses with under 25 employees. We're looking for dynamic Kansas City area for-profit companies with under 25 employees that have been in business at least three years and have shown steady growth, a commitment to the community, and an ability to overcome challenges. If your company or a company you do business with qualifies for the 25 Under 25 Awards, fill out a nomination form online at 25under25.com. That's 25under25.com or call 913-432-6690 for details. Self-nominations are encouraged. Apply now. Nominations close October 9th for 25 Under 25. Don't wait. Nominate. Visit 25under25.com to nominate your business. Breakfast. A time to bring your family together over thick-cut, slow-smoked farmland bacon. It's savory, delicious farmland breakfast sausage. Every strip, every patty and link brings the sizzle. Breakfast is Come and get it. Farmland. Passion for pork since 1959. Listen, as a hiring manager, I've got to tell you, the best job candidate isn't always the typical candidate. Sometimes they're a grad of life. Meet the grads of life. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Sometimes the best candidates aren't the ones you're used to. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're visiting here today with Christian Arnold. He is the founder of Clockwork Architecture and Design. We've been talking about some of the design philosophies that Clockwork uh, tries to convey and uh, just some of the different uh, ways that they came together. Now, in 2013, you reinvested heavily in Clockwork to the tune of a million dollars, and you're growing very rapidly. What do you see as your future and, and the future growth? What areas? 
Right now, what we're trying to do is um, continue to align with great clients in this market, and then the goal would be to replicate this model in other cities. Okay. Um, we don't want to grow just for the sake of growing. Uh, we are in a great spot, um, fantastic team, so we're building out the management team here mm-hmm. in Kansas City. And we opened an office uh, a year and a half ago, well, almost two years ago in D.C., um, and then that launched a satellite up back in Boston, so mm-hmm. you know, back in my old stomping grounds, which is fun. And that's really opened up a lot of work on the East Coast. So we've been um, kind of nurturing that location. And then we just recently, as of actually this week, we just brought on a, a business development person up in Omaha. Mm-hmm. So she's going to cover Omaha and Des Moines. And so the idea is not to get a lot of people concentrated here in Kansas City, but take what we've done in Kansas City and start um, replicating it in those other markets. Mm-hmm. Now, with everything that you've got going on, you manage to find time for a lot of not-for-profit work. And I'm always, I always ask business owners that are very heavily involved in not-for-profit work, uh, why? Uh, not that I, I think it's a bad thing at all. <laughs> it's just how do you, how do you manage with the kind of growth that you're experiencing to still find time for that and keep everything balanced? And, uh, you know, what do you see as the greater good of doing that? The only way that we have found to make it truly sustainable is to really weave it into the DNA of the company. Mm-hmm. So it happens during business hours. Um, you know, we encourage not only um, the leadership team, but also everybody in the office to participate in their community. And we subsidize it. We, mm-hmm. we, we basically say this doesn't have to be something that you only do in the evenings or weekends. We do it during the day. So. You know, the whole group went over to uh, want to cultivate Casey's gardens and help them prep their garden space. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a bike ride for um, Cross or uh, no, that wasn't Crosslines. That was um, Crank Out Hunger um, for Coldwater Village out mm-hmm. in Lee Summit. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've also then taken our talents that we've developed on the commercial practice and then started to apply them to the not-for-profits on their real estate campaigns. Mm-hmm. So we've, we're working with Crosslines Community Outreach now where we're helping them design their facility. Uh, we're working with Halo Foundation to help them um, renovate one of their facilities. So not only is it you know that fantastic you know buzz you get from giving back, but it's also just part of our daily activities. We're a service business. Right. If we can, you know, service our community, then hopefully that teaches us better how to better service our commercial clients. Exactly. And one of the questions I was going to ask you is where you find your talent. Um, I'm going to make a little bit of a leap here, and I would imagine that that kind of an ingrained philosophy and ingrained um, activity within your company's DNA probably helps you attract a lot of the younger talent, too, that mm-hmm. are very focused on oh, absolutely. getting yeah. back. And I mean, you can't open a, a magazine without reading about how culture is the driving recruitment tool, tool for the millennials. Um, and it's also, I think, you know, on the flip side, I hate to say, but I think it's somewhat limited our growth because the way we work and the way that we um, treat our clients is not for everybody. And mm-hmm. so I think that's what we've struggled a little bit, finding um, designers and architects that, that get that and want to practice that way. Um, and it's not about just, you know, a big ego and, you know, doing these really extravagant projects. It's really more of that just kind of down-to-earth, really smart solutions that cost less to build than our competitors. And um, 
so we've we've struggled with, with finding the right people for that. We tend to find people that have gone through the rigor of working in a larger corporation, whether mm-hmm. it's a large sports firm or a large corporate firm, and um, and really just want to a travel less because if you're in one of those large multinational uh, practices, you're on the road all the time. You're living in airports. I don't know a lot of people that like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or you're working on mega projects that may last 10 or 15 years. You get to the end of it, and it's not really that fun of a process. So our f- projects are very fast-paced, much more local, much more embedded in the community. Right. When you talk about your projects, what are some of the projects that uh, our listeners might recognize that you've worked on here in Kansas City? It, there's a wide uh, range of projects. We, our practice is so diverse, um, and I think that's what makes it interesting. Um, no one really gets stuck doing the same thing over and over and over and over. So we've worked with companies like Black & Veatch on their headquarters expansion. Um, we're working with Farmland um, on their headquarters expansion. Um, Barclay, mm-hmm. uh, uh, we're working with them. We actually worked on their original build-out in the Crossroads 10 years ago. They were one of our first clients, actually, I think they were our second client. And now we're coming back to refresh that space. Mm -hmm. And and then more public stuff, uh, Mix. We've done all the Mix locations. Oh, okay. Um, Blanc Burgers. uh, Mm -hmm. We've done all all those locations throughout the Midwest. Um, Lead Bank in the Crossroad. Ah. A little craft distillery in the Crossroad called Tom's Town. So it's kind of Mm -hmm. like fun little boutique stuff. Right. And then really large challenging corporate, you know, puzzles to right, solve. Right, right. But that keeps it fun. Oh, absolutely. Every day is. And, and these are all clients that are active right now, so they all happen in the same day. So it's a little schizophrenic. Yeah, there, there's really been a redevelopment boon here in Kansas City, and I, you know, there's more to come, but we're starting to see some really interesting uh, buildings mixed with some of our more historic, iconic buildings. From an architectural standpoint, um, what buildings here in Kansas City, old or new, do you really appeal to you or stand out in Kansas City? I think I'm more interested in the neighborhoods oh. and the collection of buildings. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love old buildings in general. My favorite ones are the ones that are about to be torn down. Of course. And we and we get involved <laughs> in you know bringing a new life, whether it was an old manufacturing facility. I mean, I love... You know, Union Station and Liberty Memorial, I think, are just, you know, stellar examples. Um, but, you know, in terms of neighborhoods, where our office is, Delaware Street and the River Market, where mm-hmm. there's not like a standout building, but it's just this wonderful fabric where you walk down the street and there's great little retail shops and restaurants. You run into people that you know. Um, you know, it's those kind of in, uh, rich communities that I, that I probably um, are more interested in. I'm also bullish on the West Bottoms. I think it's going to be fantastic. Bring that up. Yeah. And uh, you know, there's there's some great buildings down there that need a lot of love. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I think that'll be our next neighborhood to see a renaissance. Yeah. What do you think about a lot of these um, walkable communities that are being built in suburban areas? Um, I'm, I'm won't go into all the different areas where I've seen them, and not just in Kansas City. Frankly, you can go from to any city and see them, and they almost look like they've been replicated from some of the other ones you've seen here locally. But um, what what do you think about that whole concept of walkable communities? And can you make, also, can you make those look more unique and stamped with their own brand as opposed to, like I said, it seems like they just are picked up and put from, you know, you can go here, you can go to another city and see the same mm-hmm. thing. What's yeah. your thought on that? I think the trend walkable is interesting. It, it's clearly driving all development right now. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of going back to that small town mentality where you could walk down the street and, right. and experience these things. 
it's really tough to pull it off in an authentic way out in you know um, suburban areas. But it also shows that that's what people want. Um, I think that as we build more um, housing um, that is a little bit more dense in those developments um, so that they feed off each other, uh, there's examples that are good. There's examples that are bad. I think what it really comes down to, it's less about the architecture. And again, it's more about, you know, things like the landscaping and the mm-hmm. streetscape and then the authenticity of the tenants that go into those buildings. If it's all chain stuff, then it's just an outdoor mall. Right. But if you get the mom and pop stuff that goes in there, and I think the, the developments that have done that successfully are the ones that have a lot more local, authentic businesses in there. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's what makes that area unique. Otherwise, you can go to the, each development. It's right. like there's a gap in all of them. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, that doesn't make it authentic and real. Um, it it makes it maybe convenient, but then it's just an outdoor mall. Exactly. Um, so I think that the neighborhoods that have been able to replicate the true authenticity of like a Delaware Street in the River Market, where mm-hmm. it's all local stuff, um, are the ones that are going to be successful over time. If someone would like to find out more about what you do or maybe get in touch with you, how would they do that? Website, um, clockwork-80.com, or just Google it and um, and then you know, we're very approachable, personal. We put our mobile phones everywhere, so you don't have to deal with voicemail ever. Um, and uh, I suppose that's about it. Okay, so clockwork-80, underscore dash. Dash. Clockwork-80.com. And uh, you can find out all about what Clockwork does, and hopefully this radio show will be posted on there, too, if you miss parts of it. It will be. So, anyway, best of luck in the future, and uh, we'll have you back. Thank you so much. And, again... Please go to RSVP at KCKChamber.com and get registered for next week's September 24th event, uh, the KCK Carnival. It's a business event, but it's like none other that you've ever attended because there's going to be uh, all kinds of things, adult snow cones, there's going to be business events, there's going to be a lineup of bands, uh, just all kinds of things. You can get the complete lineup from 3 to 7 on the website there, but make sure you go and get registered. It's free, but they want to know who's coming, so make sure you go to uh, get signed up. And then if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, you can visit our website at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media or on Twitter at I Think Bigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.